Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Joy. January 6, 1941. The president at that time was Franklin D. Roosevelt. And he was given the State of the Union Address. And he shared the kind of world he wanted to see after the war was over. He envisioned four basic freedoms for all Americans to enjoy. The freedom of speech, freedom of worship, the freedom from want, and the freedom from fear. But as time grew on, everyone realized we need a, another freedom, a fifth freedom. Man needs to be free from himself and the tyranny of our sinful nature. This morning, I want to talk to us about walking in the spirit, living a spirit-led life, being under the control of the spirit. I like how one preacher said it one time, to be drunk in the spirit. He told the audience, let's just get tore up, let's get drunk in the spirit. To live under the influence, the total control of the Spirit, to walk consistently in the Spirit. Just to put this text in context, in Galatians chapter 5, and if you would open your Bibles there today, in verses 13, 14, and 15, he's been expressing, Paul has been expressing that liberty plus love equals service to others. But liberty minus love gives you a license which leads to slavery, to sin. May it never be. Today I want to help us to walk under this control of the Spirit. What it says in verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not the things that you wish. And then just one more verse, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Brothers and sisters, we want to be led by the Spirit. Every born-again, blood-washed, Believer should want to be led by the Spirit. Every student of Columbia International University should want to be led, walk in the Spirit. Every faculty member, every staff member should want to walk in the Spirit, this Spirit, this victorious Christian life. But there's a conflict. And the conflict shows itself early in verse 17. Yes, there's walking in the Spirit, but there's also this whole idea of lust of the flesh. 
Brothers and sisters, they're fighting against one another. How many of you all have siblings at home? I, I have a brother. And when we were coming up, we loved to fight. And of course, every time our parents would catch us fighting, we'd get in more trouble. They tell us, anybody like to fight their sibling besides me? Okay, praise the Lord, amen? Yes. You, you all know um, Isaac and Ishmael, don't you, in scripture? They were warring even from the beginning. You all know Jacob and Esau, don't you? Warring from the beginning. Same kind of warring that's going on with them is going on in this text. It's, there's a war between the flesh and the spirit. They have two different appetites. They're in conflict with one another. The, the flesh craves the world and the things of the world, while the spirit craves the things of God. Scripture has tried to illustrate this several times, using sometimes swine, the pig, sometimes using the raven as, as, as creatures that like unclean things, creatures that like filth. Then on the other hand, the Bible also uses the, the imagery of the, sh the sheep and the dove, which craves holy and clean things. But there's a conflict in this text. He says, walk in the spirit. Actually, it could be better translated, keep on walking in the spirit, as if you're already there. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. How often should one walk in the spirit as often as you can? How often should you think about walking in the spirit as often as you can? And you know, in my own life, I have to admit to you there are times, even now, where I have to catch myself and ask the question, are you walking in the spirit? And I don't mind being confessional in front of you this morning because maybe at times in your life, you have to ask yourself the question, Am I walking in the spirit or am I feeding my flesh? Am I living like the swine or the raven? Or am I living like the dove and the sheep that's following his shepherd? Am I walking after holy and clean things or after unclean and unholy things? You see, um, when I was coming up, there used to be this, this, this comedian out. His name was Flip Wilson. You have to have some age on you to remember Flip Wilson. And one of his buzz phrases, the devil made me do it. Sometimes when we're in our flesh, we'll blame it on the devil. And we'll say that the devil made me do it. No, I don't think it's always the devil that made you do it. Sometimes it's your flesh that's causing you to do it because you're feeding your flesh more than you're feeding the spirit man of God. You know, that leads me to this idea that we all have to take personal responsibility for our lives. I have to take personal responsibility. You have to take personal responsibility in how you live and, and lead your life. And you know what? Sometimes I try to take personal responsibility in my own power. I call it willpower. I take personal responsibility. Sometimes I walk past, I'm on a diet, and I walk past a piece of chocolate cake, and I, and I have willpower. 
But until that chocolate cake finds itself on my plate, I say, what doeth thou this? Sometimes it's, 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 y'all not working with me like I need you to. Sometimes I'm trying to use my willpower in order to, 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 to bring my flesh under subjection. But you know what I'm learning? That willpower doesn't work all the time. I need some Holy Ghost power. I need some spirit power to bring my flesh under subjection. And you know what? I don't mind telling you that. Because if you look in your own life, you need some spirit power. You need some Holy Ghost power. When I say Holy Ghost, I'm just reminding myself of where I used to go to church. You need some Holy Ghost power working in your life to bring your flesh, to cut those appetites out, to say, Lord, I want to live a surrendered life to you. In verse 17, here's what it says. For the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit. Do you see the conflict? Lust against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. A lady came in my office some time ago at church. And she said to me, she said, Pastor, I, 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 I'm, I'm clearly not a devil. She said, but I'm clearly not an angel either. Is there any such thing as just living a neutral kind of life? Somewhere between living with the appetites of the flesh and living with the appetites of the spirit? And I sat back in my chair and I said, absolutely not. You're either feeding your flesh or you're feeding your spirit. It's time for a commercial now for me to stop preaching long enough for you to ask yourself the question, which one have you been feeding? We're at the beginning of a brand new semester. Which one have you been feeding? Some of you are seniors. You're getting ready to go out and find jobs and get married and have children and have a family. Which one have you been feeding? Some of you are juniors and you can't believe you're still trying to figure life out. What have I been feeding? Some of you are freshmen and sophomores, and you say, I'm in college now. I have freedom. I have liberty. I can do what I want to do. But you haven't taken inventory to realize that you need to take personal responsibility for where you're going. That conflict shows up. Shows up when I'm in the class and I want to take the easy way out. Instead of doing the hard work, I just steal somebody else's work. The flesh is warring against the spirit. Instead of a reading, I'll just say I've been reading. And maybe nobody will notice. The flesh is warring against the spirit. Maybe in, in how I have relationships with one another, um, it's okay to, to push the envelope a little bit further because nobody will know. But whatever is done in the dark, <clears throat> whatever done in the dark, shall come to the light. And as you battle that conflict, I like what Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says. says, do not be drunk with wine because it is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Are you drunk or are you drunk? Are you drunk on the world? Are you drunk on the Lord today?
You know, as I take personal responsibility and say, Lord, I can't do it in my own power. I need your spirit power on me. Verse 18 follows up by saying this. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. That's the, that's the conquest here. The solution, we can't live by the flesh. We can't even take momentary, we can't take off and lay our religion down. We can't lay the spirit down. We have to say, Lord, I want you to have total control of my life. I've learned that I have to surrender my will to the spirit because human willpower won't do it by itself. But if you're willing to be led by the spirit, then you're not under the law. This is a common argument in the book of Galatians. They're, they're wondering, should we obey the law? Does the law have any rule? Does the law guide us? What obligation do we have to the law? And here's Paul saying, you have an even greater obligation to the spirit. Who's holding your hand? Is it the flesh? Who's guiding you? Is it the flesh? Who's leading you? Wait, I can't do that because Dr. Christman says you're using the same word, you're just using different words to say the same thing. So I just want to make sure you got it. On the other hand over here, I just want to ask, are you willing to be led by the Spirit? I like verse 18. Since you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Time for another commercial. We're here to know him. And if we know him, we want to make him known. But the problem between knowing him and making him known is that if you're living by the flesh, you don't want anybody to know that you know him. You don't even want you to know that you know him. Because it's hard to know him and live by your flesh and make him known. Matter of fact, if I know him, it should make me want to walk by the Spirit to keep on being led by the Spirit in order to make him known. What if the whole school got drunk this week? Just tore up this week. What if the whole school, what do you think about it, James McCall? What if the whole school got towed up this week? Just drunk, I mean towed up. What, what did y'all think about that? Just towed up, drunk. But we haven't had a lick of alcohol. We're just so baptized into his spirit that all we have is love, all we have is peace, all we have is God's holiness. I mean, that people could, could, could step onto our campus and say there's something different about this place. Because everybody is different. Because they're not drunk with wine. They're drunk with the precious Holy Spirit. We've talked about this conflict and it's always going on. The old nature and this new nature does anybody ever feel this old nature want to drag you into some foolishness? Yeah. 
or some mess, you ought to say like, like the scripture said, Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Because I want to walk in the spirit. This has nothing to do with my sermon, but I want to go to heaven when I die. Does anybody else want to go to heaven when you die? I want to go to heaven when I die. I, 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 I want to go see Jesus when I die. I want to, I want to see the streets of pay with gold. I, I want to go to heaven when I die. And I don't want to let things down here hinder me from what's waiting on me up there. That's why verse 19 speaks so dearly to me. It said, now, now the words of the flesh are evident. I hate to reading this list to you all. This is a really nasty, ugly list. We should almost leave this list alone. Okay, since you want me to tell you, I'll tell you then. It's on you. I, I, I was going to skip it. Adultery, fornication, unclean. That's enough right there, ain't it? You want the rest of it? Okay, I, I'm just trying to get, let you off the hook, but you want it. Here it is. Lewdness, idolatry. So, um, this is a tough list. Sorcery of hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. That's enough. Y'all so mean. Let me, okay, verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness. This is a tough list, y'all. Revilers, and like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in past time, that those who practice such things will not inherit, will not inherit, will not inherit, did it say we're not inherit? Okay, the kingdom of God. We have to crucify our flesh, don't we? It, it puts sin in three categories here. Those sensual sins. It starts with the idolatry. Ends up with verse 21 with all that drunkenness, murders and all of that. It puts us in the in the category of superstitions, these idolatrous, idolatry, found in verse 20, with idolatry and sorcery and hatred. Also puts it in the category of social sins with this envy and jealousy. The flesh is, I know somebody's by, by this point in the sermon, and you should be saying it to yourself. I say it to myself all the time too. I'm not really that bad. I'm really, I'm not really that bad. Of course, I have some envy sometimes, but I'm not, not that bad. I have some jealousy sometimes, but I'm not that bad. I don't, I don't have hatred, I just don't like them. I'm not, I'm not that bad. Can anybody say that with me? I'm not that bad. But you know what? It only takes a little bit to continue to grow in your life. And after a while, when you're not careful, when you haven't crucified it, when you give in to the appetites of the flesh, you become a bitter person, 
a wrathful person, a, 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 a envious, jealous person, a person that doesn't mind committing adultery and fornication. Just You just live your life your way. It's your, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. And when you're not crucifying the flesh, it's easy to let the flesh get out of hand. Time for a commercial break. Has anybody in here let the flesh get out of hand? I'm watching a little bit of porn, but it ain't gonna hurt anybody. It's just me and my me and my phone. I know, <laughs> I know that's. I don't like doing all my homework, so I do as much as I want to do. I put my name on the paper, then I copy somebody else's paper. <laughs> it's not really that bad. At least I go to class. It's not really that bad. Um, I try to cut corners every, every chance I get. I'm not really that bad. But if you look back, you let some things get out of hand. And instead of taking personal responsibility, you know what we say? It was the devil that made me do it. Y'all remember, y'all remember, <laughs> y'all remember Genesis chapter 3, don't you? I hope they go over that and sometime in your class of Genesis chapter 3, when, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, and, and, and of course, when Adam sinned, it changed the whole universe. When God came down and he said, what's going on? Um, Adam said, it was the woman that you gave me, Lord. It's her fault. And um, of course, when he asked Eve, Eve said, it was the serpent that you led in the garden, Lord. It, it wasn't my fault. And I think the serpent, when he was asked, this is Andre Rogers' translation, I apologize for this one. He said, Lord, you made me. See, it's everybody else's fault except mine. I pray that that's not us today because we're walking in the spirit. When, when I was a little boy, we used, to, we used to play outside. Do kids do that anymore, play outside? Kid, kid, they don't do that anymore. We used to play outside when I was a kid. And my parents used to tell us not to play in the street. Anybody else had your parents tell you not to play in the street? Yes. They tell us not to play in the street. So you know what we do? We play a game. We see how close we could get to the street without falling over. And we walk along the side of the street. And my parents would come outside and say, didn't I tell you not to play in the street? We're not in the street. We're just as close as we can. We didn't realize how much yard we had to play in because we were too busy trying to see how closely, are y'all working with me here? We wanted to see how closely we could walk to the edge of the street. And I fear sometime in the Christian life, we're just like that. When we have all this room in Christ, all this room in the spirit, we're seeing how close we can walk to the edge of the street without falling in. Some of us are walking on the edge of an abyss and we say, well, well, I ain't bad at so-and-so. And if we get pushed in, it's everybody else's fault except ours. Walk in the spirit. Well, I got a mosey on here because I need to end up with some good news because we've talked about what happens if we give into our flesh, but what happens if we mess around 
not mess around, that's the wrong word, I'm sorry. What if we intentionally walk in the Spirit? What if we intentionally keep walking in the Spirit? What would life look like? I'm glad you asked. Because of verse 22. It said, but the fruit, not fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I love this last phrase, against such there is no law. Brothers and sisters, when you walk in the Spirit, and this is how you know you're walking in the Spirit, you're sensing that inward man changing. Something is going on the inside. You, you have more love now than you've ever had before. You have more joy than you've ever had before. A lady in my church last week, she got up and she said, Pastor, can I say something? I said, yes, ma'am, you can say something. And she said, you know, somebody got on my nerves at work this week and I knew God had changed me because the old me would have wanted to jump on her, but the new me wanted to love her. And I said, you know what? I'm so proud of you, I don't know what to do. And you know what? She loved her, and she called me up yesterday with the best news ever. She said, I was able to share my faith in Christ because I didn't react the way she wanted me to act. There's love. You, you know there's love. There, 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 there's, there's joy. There's peace. All of a sudden, the way I behave toward others change. There's long-suffering, there's kindness, and there's goodness. All of a sudden, there's gentleness. Excuse me, there's faithfulness in my relationship with God. Gentleness and there's self-control. And against such, there's no law. Do you see yourself becoming more loving since you've been here? Full of joy? A student broke my heart a few years ago. They said, he told me, he said, I used to read my Bible more before I came to a seminary than when I've gotten to seminary. And I used to have more love, joy, peace, and patience, and self-control before I got here than since I've been here. And I said, brother, you need to take less classes and spend more time with Jesus to walk in his spirit. Are you all working with me here today? Because I don't want your head to get big with you while you're here and let your heart to get smaller. I don't want you to have big heads, but your relationship with God is, is floundering because you're not walking in his spirit. We sing a song sometime at church, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own. Look, look, little girl said, I don't know who Andy is, but I want Andy to start walking with me. <laughs> Maybe somebody else today wants Andy to start working and walking with you. Because for the rest of your life, there's going to be a battle. For the rest of your life, there's going to be a struggle. And, and, and let me tell you which one is going to win. The one you feed the most. If you flee, feed the flesh, the flesh is going to win. But if you be intentional and feed the spirit, take personal responsibility because your willpower, you can't do it in your own power. 
You got to do it in the Holy Ghost power, in the Spirit's power, and let the Spirit take control of your life. I wish I had more time to preach. I would look at Romans chapter 7, and I would act like I was in, in Dr. McWilliams' class and give you exposition of that. But that's a great place to look at how this continual battle takes place. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, because it's better to walk in the Spirit than to feed your flesh. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.